Well, friends, here we are again, walking through the first book of the Bible, Genesis. We are now in the second part of chapter 17. I'm just going to pick up right where we left off, beginning in verse 15. God also said to Abraham, <clears throat> As for Sarah, your wife, you are no longer to call her Sarai. Her name will be Sarah. I will bless her and will surely give you a son by her. I will bless her so that she will be the mother of nations. Kings of peoples will come from her. Abraham fell face down. He laughed and said to himself, Will a son be born to a man a hundred years old? Will Sarah bear a child at the age of 90? And Abraham said to God, If only Ishmael might live under your blessing. Then God said, Yes, but your wife Sarah will bear you a son, and you will call him Isaac. I will establish my covenant with him as an everlasting covenant for his descendants after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard you. I will surely bless him, I will make him fruitful, and will greatly increase his numbers. He will be the father of twelve rulers, and I will make him into a great nation. But my covenant I will establish with Isaac, whom Sarah will bear to you by this time next year. When he had finished speaking with Abraham, God went up from him. All right, uh, we need to refresh on what happened previously before we got here. So... God made a promise to Abraham, from you is going to come a great nation. Abraham was already old at the time when God made this promise, and so they waited. They waited for this child to come. From this child would be a great nation. Abraham and Sarah had no children, so this was a great hope. Abraham and Sarah waiting for a child. If you recall, after waiting 10 years, they got impatient. And instead of continuing to trust God for what God would do, which God had said he would do, instead they took matters into their own hands. And Abraham took, uh, Sarah gave Abraham her, her slave, Hagar. It's a whole conversation we had. And Abraham took Hagar as his concubine's second wife. And through Hagar, a, a little baby boy was born, Ishmael. We talked about all that. Uh, that was a mistake. It's not something that they should have done. But here it is. Now Abraham is a little boy. This is 13 years after that. All right? So now Ishmael is 13 years old. And God shows up to Abraham again and says, A child's going to come, and it's going to be through Sarah. Sarah's 90 years old at this point. Abraham is 100. So Abraham laughs at this idea. This is really a... This is an expression of unbelief on Abraham's part. And later, Sarah is going to hear this, that she's going to have a kid. I mean, she's 90 years old. She laughs. All right, same reaction. Uh, they both laugh. And God, he says, you're going to have a baby boy. And God says, the name of the kid is going to be Isaac. And the word Isaac means laughter. And it seems like God is trying to say something here. He's saying, I'm going to have the last laugh on this matter. Okay, I'm going to do something that no one would believe that I would do. I'm going to believe something that no one believe that I, no one would believe that I could do. So God's going to have the last laugh. Put that in the back of your head. All right, Isaac's going to be born. His name means laughter. Well, as I was reading this, something else stood out to me and wouldn't let me go. It took me on a bit of a journey. So I was reading, and I came across, you know, what I just read. Uh, God said that, that 
Sarah's going to have a kid, and Abraham laughs. And in verse 18, he says, if only Ishmael might live under your blessing. The, the Hebrew is, if only Ishmael might live before you. Um, he's praying for his son Ishmael. Now you have to understand, it was a mistake. He, that shouldn't have happened, but nevertheless, a child came about. Little baby Ishmael, and, and Abraham waited his whole life for a child, and now he has a son. This, this little baby boy that, that he would hold and you know, would sit on his lap and Abraham would read him stories and, and the, the boy would grow and the boy would look at his father in the way that you know, little boys look to their fathers and, hey, dad, what's this? Hey, dad, what's that? Hey, dad, what are you doing? Hey, dad, can we do this today? And Abraham would teach him the things that he knew. And what I'm trying to convey here is there's a, a profound kind of love that a father has for his son. And Abraham had this for little Ishmael for 13 years. And now Abraham is praying for his boy. If only Ishmael might live before you. You can see the, the wording here. It's, it's about it's salvation, isn't it? That's what he's praying for. That Ishmael would have the same kind of special blessing that Abraham has. The special blessing. He's praying for his little boy. I, this resonated with me so much because I'm a father, you know. I got kids. And what do I pray for more than that my kids would know the Lord? Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. And it just gripped me so much, Abraham's heart for his little boy. And it, it just got me thinking. And like I say, I started reading and studying and praying. And friends, I feel like I've discovered something, to be honest. I feel like I've discovered something. I feel like I think we've gotten it all wrong when it comes to what the Bible is trying to tell us about this little boy Ishmael and, and, and what it all means. I think we've missed something, and not something small. I think we've missed something big about the heart of God and, and the, the heart of God when it comes to what he wants from his people expressing his heart. Um, I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive in, and I'm going to just show you the things I really feel like the Lord has, has, has led me to see, and hopefully all uh, we can see as well, about this little boy Ishmael and, and what it means. Uh, Father God, I pray that your heart would come through. We would see you, and in seeing you, in seeing your character, we would be transformed like you, more and more like you, from glory to glory, and that we would be able to embody your character and be truly the blessing that you have called and desired for us to be um, in this world. So we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Okay, so Ishmael, what's, what's the deal with Ishmael? So if you were to just grab someone who grew up in the church and kind of knows their Bible a bit, you know, and has hung around with Christians. And you'd ask him, so what do you think about Ishmael in the Bible? Is he on the, is he on the good side with God or is he on the wrong side of, of God and his people? Or, or to say it another way, is, is Ishmael saved? That might be like a New Testament Christian way of asking the question. There's nothing wrong with that. Is Ishmael on the right side of God? And, and I bet if you did that poll, almost every Christian would say, no, Ishmael's not on the right side. Um, and the reason they would give that answer um, 
Well, on one hand, it might be because we have read the Bible and we see kind of a little bit of what the New Testament says when, when it speaks about Ishmael and Hagar, specifically in Galatians 4. Um, the Apostle Paul is making a point, and he's speaking about salvation, and, and he talks about Hagar and Ishmael, but he says it. I think it's verse 4, 24, Galatians. He says that he's speaking allegorically about Hagar and Ishmael. He's not talking about them specifically in their lives. He's talking about what we can gather, again, as, a, as an allegory. And the point is, salvation is not something we can do with our hands. It's not something we can earn. It's not something we can accomplish. Uh, Ishmael was born by Abraham taking matters into his own hands. That will never bring salvation, is the point that you see in Galatians 4. Instead, salvation is a gift, and it comes through God's miraculous power, and that's how Isaac will be born. Isaac is not going to get born in the normal means. He's going to get born to a 90-year-old woman. It's going to be the work of God and not the work of man. That's Galatians 4. Also, there's a little more about it, but regardless... We're not talking in Galatians 4 about the specific person, Ishmael. We're talking about Christ and, and it allegorically, okay? So um, maybe that's why people kind of have the idea that Ishmael's on the, on the wrong side. Another reason is people have associated Ishmael with uh, Islam. And the reasons for that are, are probably because, well... 2,500 years approximately after Ishmael, uh, a guy in the Middle East named Muhammad claimed that, uh, he, that uh, Ishmael was his um, you know, forefather and that uh, Ishmael is now the, the patriarch of Islam. Okay, whether, whether Muhammad actually came from Ishmael or not, I don't know. The Bible certainly doesn't speak about it, but that's the claim of Islam. And for a lot of reasons, people have associated Ishmael with Islam. And again, that's a longer conversation, but it's not in the Bible. What is the Bible trying to tell us about Ishmael? I think this is a, an important question because... Well, well, just come with me on this little journey, okay? Because I wondered this. As a father, I wondered. I saw Abraham praying for his boy. I saw his heart, and I, I imagined his love for, for his boy that comes out. And I really wanted to know, what becomes of this boy, Ishmael? So I kept reading, all right? And, well, we saw here, we read, that God said, on one hand, God said, no, I'm going to establish my covenant, um, not with Ishmael, but with Isaac. And so a lot of people have probably just gathered from that, well, Ishmael's not in the covenant, okay? Ishmael's not in the covenant. It's instead established with Isaac. And I think that misses the point. The blessing of God, the promise of God, the blessing of God is not going to come through Ishmael. It's going to come through Isaac because from Isaac will come the nation of Israel and from the nation of Israel will come the Savior, so it's not going to come through Isaac. I mean, it's not going to come through Ishmael. But nevertheless, the covenant blessing is for Ishmael because it's for all of us. It's going to come through Isaac, but it's for all of us. And that's the bigger point that I think that we sometimes miss. And God is speaking of that right here. When Abraham prays for his son Ishmael, God doesn't give him a no. He says, I've heard you. 
okay? Actually, the, the NIV captures it well where it says, God says, yes. Oh, that Ishmael might live before you. Yes, but I'm going to establish my covenant with Isaac, but I have heard you when it comes to your son. As in, I've heard your prayers for little Ishmael. And then you keep reading. Okay, now, now you're going to see some of the other passages here. You keep reading, and you get to uh, the very next verse, 23. I'll read it to the end of the chapter. On that very day, Abraham took his son Ishmael, and all those born in his household, or bought with his money, every male in his household, and circumcised them, as God told them. Abraham was 99 years old when he was circumcised, and his son Ishmael was 13. Abraham and his son Ishmael were both circumcised on that very day, and every male in Abraham's household, including those born in his household, or bought from a foreigner, was circumcised with them. Now, we talked about this earlier. Circumcision is a mark of being in God's covenant family. And actually, the Hebrew three times uh, in these six verses, three times it says Ishmael was circumcised. Three times. I think it's trying to tell us right away. The covenant, the special covenant, is not going to come through Ishmael. But he's part of it just like the rest of, of Abraham's family, his household. That's the, the big question when it comes to salvation. The big question, the way of asking it is, are you a part of Abraham's family? Are you a part of God's special family? That's what salvation is. And I see Abraham's heart for his little boy. And I see that he is circumcised, being part of the family. Someone is sitting at home wondering, why is this even important? Why is it even important if we're wondering about Ishmael? Keep listening. You'll see why it's important. It's important is understanding the heart of God and the character of God and the purpose and the function of this blessing that we have. All right? So, Abraham and his household, his little boy, circumcised. And then, you know, you keep reading the story. And uh, just like God says, uh, within a year, um, little Isaac is born. Okay? So let's... Jump ahead to, to chapter 21, and we'll read about that, okay? Isaac is born, and, um, and that's earlier in chapter 21, but we jump into verse 8, and the child Isaac grew and was weaned. And on the day Isaac was weaned, Abraham held a great feast. But Sarah saw that the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham was mocking. And she said to Abraham, Get rid of that slave woman and her son, for that woman's son will never share in the inheritance with my son Isaac. The matter distressed Abraham greatly because it concerned his son. But God said to him, do not be so distressed about the boy and your, and your slave woman. Listen to whatever Sarah tells you, because it is through Isaac that your offspring will be reckoned. I will make the son of the slave into a great nation also, because he is your offspring." Early the next morning, Abraham took some food and a skin of water and gave them to Hagar. He set them on her shoulders and then sent her off with the boy. She went on her way and wandered in the desert of Beersheba. Okay, so um, what happens here, it says that Sarah saw the son whom Hagar the Egyptian had born to Abraham. He was mocking. He seemed to be mocking Isaac. And I think the NIV makes a mistake in translating it mocking. I pro it, it probably was a, a mocking type of thing, but literally he was laughing at Isaac. Okay? Um, he was laughing at Isaac. Uh, the, 
The New Testament allegorically speaks about this as persecution, um, as in those of the flesh persecute those of the spirit, and that's a longer conversation we can have. But uh, regardless, he's laughing at Isaac. And probably in a way that wasn't good. He's probably, uh, perhaps mocking does convey the right idea, but I think laughing is a better word because then you understand something. Ishmael is acting in unbelief, perhaps, by laughing at Isaac, the, 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 the promised child. That's the same thing Abraham did. That's the same thing Sarah did. That's what Isaac's name means. I think it's speaking about something here. But what's happening is Ishmael is laughing at Isaac. Sarah sees it. And Sarah says, she feels threatened, and she says, I want this boy gone, and, and his mom gone. And it says that uh, the matter, verse 11, it says, the matter distressed Abraham greatly. Um, the, I think the, the KJV says that Abraham was grieved. It was, it, was, it was very grieving in his sight, this idea, because, I mean, it says right here, because it concerned his son. This idea, Sarah wanted little Ishmael gone. We already saw Abraham has a heart for this boy. Um, Abraham goes to God and God says, do what Sarah says because, because it's going to be through Isaac that this promise is going to come, but I'm still going to take care of Ishmael. And I could really wonder why God would say that. You know, you, I mean, you could wonder why God didn't just say, hey, you know what, go back and you tell Sarah, you guys got to work this out because this is the family you got, you know. Um, maybe God saw that there was going to be greater friction in the family, and who knows. But God permitted this, but I think we can see, and we should see, that this was, this was callous on Sarah's part, um, yeah, yeah, maybe, maybe Ishmael was acting in unbelief. Maybe he was sinning towards little Isaac. But only in the same way that the rest of everyone else did, okay? Abraham laughed at the idea. Sarah laughed at the idea. And now, literally, Ishmael is laughing at the child who was born. Everyone's a sinner in the story. Everyone's a sinner in, in God's family. That's the truth. But what Sarah's calling for is Ishmael to be cast out, banished. That's, that is really, that's, that's kind of heartless. Okay, not kind of, it is. It's, it's, I don't think it's conveying God's heart, and I think we see God's heart in the heart of Abraham here. Abraham is greatly distressed. He doesn't want to say goodbye to his little boy. God, God has him do, do it, but even this, even this is speaking about something. Because the language here, uh, when God tells Abraham to, to, to send Ishmael away according to Sarah's wishes, the language is pointing you towards the next chapter. Okay, In the next chapter, God asks Abraham to sacrifice Isaac, and the language here of Verse 14, it says, early the next morning, Abraham took some food and, you know, he put it on his shoulder. It's the same language in the next chapter, and it's showing something. It's just the heart of a father. 
God calling them to sacrifice that which he loves. It's, it's conveying the heart of the Father. And it's a longer conversation we can have right now. But the point that I want you to see is that this little boy Ishmael is loved by his dad. That's a big point that I want you to see. He's loved by his dad, and being loved by his dad is a picture of the greater love of a father. Ishmael is part of the family, and now he's getting kicked out. He's 13 years old, okay? It's the only life he knows. It's his dad. He's getting kicked out of his family. That should grieve us. We should read this, and we should think, that doesn't sound like the right thing to do. And I hope I don't have to convince you of this. So, when Abraham sends them on his way, we see that God has a heart for these people because God follows them. I mean, they're, they're going out into the desert. Verse 15 says, when the water and the skin was gone, this is Hagar, she put the boy under one of the bushes. Then she went off and sat down about a bow shot away, for she thought, I cannot watch the boy die. And as she sat there, she began to sob. God heard the boy crying, and the angel of God called to Hagar from heaven and said to her, What is the matter, Hagar? Do not be afraid. God has heard the boy crying as he lies there. Lift up the boy and take him by the hand, for I will make him into a great nation. Then God opened her eyes, and she saw a well of water. So she went and filled the skin with the water and gave the boy a drink. God was with the boy as he grew up. He lived in the desert and became an archer. The name Ishmael means God hears. All right? God hears Ishmael. That's a big, important point. If we're going to talk about Ishmael as being outside the family of God, you have to see something. God hears him. This is, this is relevant in a big way to us as we consider those who we think to be outside of the blessing of God. Does God see them? Does God care? Does God love them? Abraham and Sarah sent them away, but God has followed. And, I mean, there's language here that we talked about, this angel of the Lord. There's a good reason to believe this is Jesus himself coming. And, and we could also probably make the case that this water springing in the desert is a picture of salvation, a picture of what Jesus gives us, living water in dry land. But... One of the things that I saw, in verse 20 it says, so, so God rescues, God hears Ishmael, and he gives him water, and it says God was with the boy as he grew up. And that means something. Now, some people, and I'm, I'm talking about you know, how different uh, people have read the Bible and wondered about this sort of stuff. Some people have said that the blessing that Isaac had was a spiritual blessing, and the blessing that Ishmael had was only a material blessing. And I just wasn't convinced by that, because Abraham is praying for his son, and God says he hears him, all right? Abraham is praying that Ishmael would live before God. And the question that I was wondering is, ultimately, the Bible talks about heaven the kingdom of heaven, when Jesus returns here on earth, there's going to be a feast. And the feast is spoken about as sitting down at the table with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And the question is, that I really wondered, is, is Abraham's other son going to be there? Is Ishmael going to be there? Is Ishmael going to be there? Is Abraham going to have his wish that the firstborn son that he loves, is he going to be at the table with 
Abraham. And a lot of people have said, no, Ishmael's outside of that. And I got to say, I don't think that's what's being conveyed here. And I think it's important that we see what's being conveyed because what it means for us. So verse 20 says, God was with the boy. To me, that speaks about more than just blessing his endeavors. It speaks about how I think God continued to hear him. They had a relationship. But I still was wondering, okay? I still felt like I really wasn't sure, and I really wanted to be sure. I I think part of it was just my own sense of being a father, wondering, like, does God totally hear the prayers of Abraham, and are all his kids going to be in glory with him? And so I just was in this place of wondering, And then I came across a passage that literally just about brought me to tears. Uh, Some chapters later, you get to verse 25, and Abraham dies, but this is what it says. Then Abraham breathed his last and died at a good old age, an old man and full of years, and he was gathered to his people. His sons, Isaac and Ishmael, buried him in the cave of Machpelah near Mamre in the field of Ephron, son of Zahor the Hittite. And maybe that doesn't mean a whole lot to you, but it means a ton. Okay? When Abraham died, Ishmael and Isaac, this is a family reunion of sorts. The, the promise is, I'm going to bless those who bless you. Those who bless Abraham, those who acknowledge the special family of Abraham, which is Christ, okay? That's what it means for us. Those who know who Jesus is and look to him and believe in him and understand who he is and and honor him, we are his family. Abraham died, and there's a family happening. Ishmael and Isaac are getting back together. This I saw as just Ishmael's part of the family. But then I kept reading, and that just, I kept reading, and I saw this, okay? Same chapter. We read right here, it says that, you know, Abraham breathed his last, died at a good old age, an old man full of years, and he was gathered to his people. Handful of verses later, verse 17, it says, Ishmael lived 137 years. He breathed his last and died, and he was gathered to his people. The same language used about the death of Abraham is used regarding the death of Ishmael just a handful of verses later. It seems like their destination is to the same group of people. It really, really, really seems to me that the heart of Abraham for his son was God's heart for little Ishmael. God heard his prayer, and they're all going to be there. They're all part of this special family. Why is that matter? Why is that very, very important? Why is it sad that we have gotten this wrong? Sarah looked on little Ishmael and said, because he's not one of us, get him out of here. And that was not God's heart. And I fear, I fear that that mistake that we read about was a little bit of a prophecy of a sad mistake that God's people would continue to make. And we see that as we keep reading the Bible. The blessing that God gives us, his special people, is that we may be a blessing. I'm going to bless you and you're going to be a blessing. 
to those outside, to others. And many, many times in history, people have gotten that wrong. When Jesus showed up, it was two God's special people, the Jews, and many of them did not understand that the blessing was not supposed to stop with them. It was supposed to keep going. You know, there's that time that Jesus came to his hometown, and the people were very impressed. They're like, yeah, one of our own boys is going to be the Messiah. They were excited about that. And then Jesus told them, you know, you know, you guys have a, I'm paraphrasing, you guys have a hometown pride here that I'm one of you and, and you're one of me and, you know, we're the special people. And he says this, you know, there were a lot of lepers in Israel uh, in the time of Elijah, but none of them is who God sent Elijah to. Instead, it was a, a woman on the outside. And in the same way, um, or there were many widows, you know, in Israel um, in the time of Elijah and lepers in, in the time of Naaman, but God sent them to people outside. And then the people wanted to kill Jesus because what Jesus was trying to say is God's heart, God's blessing is for those on the outside. They missed that. Sarah missed that. And beloved, I fear that there's times that we miss that as well. And so I think there is some application here. Um, well, on one hand, here's some application. We should pray for our kids. <laughs> I think there's some really good news here for those who just have this profound love for their children and they go to God saying, you know, let, her, let my child live before you. I think there's some very good news there. But that's a, the smaller point, but it's a point that I want you to take home and think about. But I think there's another application. I think that it is very reasonable to say that an apology is in order. Um, Ishmael should never have been kicked out of the family. I mean, that is like super, super grievous to the heart of God. That goes against everything that his... Family is supposed to embody, right? To be cast out. I fear that there's people that resonate with Ishmael's story, feeling like that they have not been welcomed. Uh, that, that, you know, because of sin, they also have not been embraced by God's people. Everyone in the story is a sinner, you know. Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, they all did the same thing. They all acted in unbelief, and, and we do too, all right? We've all walked in that path. Yet, there's been times where God's people have looked at others. And, and, and maybe some of, some of those others are listening, and if that's you, if you have felt rejected, cast out by God's people, I want to say I'm sorry. I want to say I'm sorry on behalf of God's people for those Ishmaels out there who have been cast out. That never should have happened. It doesn't convey God's heart. So the application that I have for us is let 
our, hear this, let our posture embody the truth. We're all sinners here, okay? And the blessing that we have, we don't deserve, okay? We got someone in our ranks who is sinning. We've got everyone in our ranks who is a sinner. Do we take a posture of casting them out? By no means. Look at the heart of Abraham about when that happened. How sad he was. It's a picture of God's heart in matters like this. Let us have a posture that embodies the truth. And let us turn from that kind of hard-heartedness that is part of our history. It's part of our history in the days of Abraham and Sarah. And sadly, it's been part of our history since then. And probably a lot of us could think about examples of that. Let's stop that. And let's, church, let's try to do better at, again, embodying a posture that is in line with the truth of who Jesus is and why he came. And what it means to have salvation as a free gift. To be a sinner saved by the gift of God and not by the works of our hands. Um, So um, I'm going to pray. Father God, uh, Lord, I thank you that you have the heart of a father and you loved Ishmael more than Abraham did. And you gave Abraham this love as as a picture of your heart for those who we might consider on the outside, Lord. Help us embody that heart, Lord. As we sang earlier, you are a king of glory and you pursue us with your love, Lord. I pray that that heart would live in us, God, and that we would not judge people because of their sin, but instead we would pursue them with a, with a heart of love as you do, God. And, uh, and we ask this in your name, Jesus. Amen.